The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We are united right now. This is a bit of a battle cry and I love it. Christian Rayworth is in studio with me until 4 o'clock. She's 16 days in, quitting smoking, and you are... Man, are you coming to the table with your own stories, inspiring those who have not yet been able to toss away that last pack or, in Kristen's case, chain smoke like a crazy person on the last day so because you know you won't be able to smoke again. Uh, this listener texted in saying, congratulations, Kristen, on quitting smoking. My wife and I are now seven years and nine days since our last cigarette, and our inspiration was just like the other texter who talked about their father, who uh, was struggling with COPD. They said, my father-in-law subsequently passed from COPD, but it was seeing him in the hospital, being out of breath from walking from his hospital bed to the bathroom that did it for me. My experience in quitting smoking is that it's literally about breaking the habit, putting yourself in situations where you would normally smoke. We had quit almost a year, and I thought I had kicked it, and then we went to Mexico, and as soon as I got to the beach, I just had this really strong craving. I abstained, and I got through it, but it's putting yourself through all those types of situations where it would just feel right. I hope that helps. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done, but by far the biggest payoff, and that's from Les. Wow. That's inspiring. Yeah. Les, Les followed up and said, Oh, by the way, I also have an app, which I just checked, still has it seven years later after quitting, and I have saved $23,000 just myself. Wow, that's incredible. And his wife also quit. So yeah. think of all that money to your retirement. You're retiring earlier now. Yeah. You're going on trips like you've never seen before. It's going to go to Mexico right away just with all that money that I'm going to be saving. I called you out on it when we went to break. You, as soon as the mics went off, you started chewing your gum like you were losing it. Like, yep. just aggressive chewing. Is that uh, one of the major things that have taken place of grabbing a cigarette? Oh, yeah. I made a joke to one of my friends, actually, because there's a store in my building. And I went down there, I think, the second or third day. And I was like, oh, people said I'm saving so much money. And I just dropped, like, $30 on gum. Like, just so much gum. But it's been really helpful. Like, for me, that's just something that sort of keeps me you know, uh, preoccupies me. If I want to smoke, I do that instead. Do you find that you are chewing the same amount of gum all day, like every day? Or are you, are you weaning yourself off? Are there days where it's easier to be without gum or is there, they're just no, constantly just consistently something with gum. Like I consistently have, like my purse is probably like 50% gum. <laughs> it's quite ridiculous actually how much gum I chew. A couple of people asking, what's the app called that you're using to hold yourself accountable? It is called Smoke Free. Smoke free. And it's free, the app as well. So just as a aside. And it's telling you how much money you're saving. Yeah. It's telling you how many days in. And it's also telling you what what being smoke free every day, what it's doing mm-hmm. for your health. What yeah. are some of the things it's telling you 16 days in? Well, I have apparently regained four days of my life, according to the app. So, I mean, that's always good. Uh, and it goes through basically like your pulse rate, your oxygen levels, your carbon monoxide levels, those kind of things, and then gets into sort of more longer term things. So your circulation and how that will improve over time and sort of your lung capacity and all that stuff. And so I, uh, in two months and 14 days, my circulation will be greatly improved. So it's things like that, right? Is that something you notice? Like, are, were your feet always cold? Oh, my hands are always cold, constantly. My hands are constantly, constantly cold. I have, I have very bad circulation. And gee, I wonder why. So that's hopefully something that will change now 
Have you noticed uh, again, sixteen days in? But have you have you noticed a, a difference in l- like lung capacity, that sort of thing? What's been what was kind of one of the first things that you noticed? Like, oh, that's better or that's easier. Um, well, one of the first things was was absolutely like my face, just a brightness to my face. I found over over like a week in, and sort of that was huge. And then just noticing like a difference in yeah, my sort of not being out of breath, not feeling like going upstairs was difficult, those kind of things. So that was sort of nice. And not that I was, you know, so not that it was that bad, but that's definitely been a positive that I've noticed for sure. You just inspired Vince to quit smoking. He said, I used the smoke-free app and I quit for two years. And sadly, now I've been smoking for six months and now listening to you, I'm going to finish this pack and I'm resetting the app and I'm back at it for good. Oh, congratulations on making that decision, Vince. Thank you. I am two and a half months uh, since I quit. After 30 years smoking on and off, I listened to the audiobook The Easy Way to Quit Smoking by Alan Carr. I couldn't wait to quit by the end of that book. It makes you uh, want it again rather than wanting but restraining yourself. Good for you, Kristen. Best thing that you could ever do. That's from a listener out of Edmonton. Oh, thank you. Uh, listener out of Red Deer says, nope, 10 years later, still like that smell every once in a while. Loved smoking. It does get easy, though. Uh, and four months, the, that month four, they said, is hell. You were talking early when we first started that you've quit smoking, but you still find yourself getting kind of close to smokers just to smell it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I'm sure at some point I'll get to that point where it's gross for me, but I loved smoking. So that's the other thing that I think made this difficult is just, like, I loved smoking. I didn't. I never got to the point where I was like, this is disgusting. I don't want to do this anymore. I was just, it just was a decision I made for myself, but I still, I still dream of it occasionally. <laughs> So you you said 10 years ago, you made it two and a half months without smoking, yeah. and you fell back into it just with yeah. a slip at a party, thought one cigarette, and you're back into it. Does that weigh on you, knowing that you're feeling good and you're doing good, you're 16 days in? Does it weigh on you like it might happen again? Um... I mean, it doesn't weigh on me. I understand that, like, it is something I have to be cognizant of. But for me, this is so much part of a bigger decision in my life to start taking better care of myself and to really commit to that. And I have, you know, some very special people in my life who I've, who hold me accountable and who, you know, really call on me every day and all day to sort of continue to take care of myself and to put myself first and to really prioritize myself like that, that I don't really feel like it doesn't really weigh on me as a huge concern. We're going to talk about self-care and the the bigger idea of it. Uh, A lot of us are really good at offering others advice and then not taking it ourselves. And for Kristen, quitting smoking was step number one. But a lot of us, whether you smoke or not, I can tell you, I uh, I haven't had my breakfast yet. That's one thing. And I'm the first to tell everybody, breakfast is absolutely the most important meal of the day. I tell everyone who said, I'm not really a breakfast person. And I will legitimately, genuinely lecture them. Meanwhile, my stomach is growling in the background. We're going to talk self-care. And I hope that it changes the way you think and maybe how I think too. I am so proud of you guys. These stories are incredible. Scott here, I quit smoking two years ago when I just decided it was ridiculous. After 24 years, just one day looked in the mirror, this is ridiculous. 
I'd be curious to hear from Kristen in a couple of months. We'll follow up. We can follow up and, and see how things are going. For me, every time I tried, uh, someone told me I wouldn't make it very long. Finally, when I was successful, I, I vowed that I would... Uh, and I would never say a word to anyone else who was trying, just wishing you luck. You probably do get a lot of that when you're like, this is what I'm doing. They're like, Mom, you're going to fall back on it. You're going to crave it. Yeah. Like I remember telling my brother and he was like, come back to me in a month because it, it has been a struggle for me. Thanks so. for this family support. Yeah, exactly. No, bro. That's very loving. Thank you. But that's, you know, and I think that's just common for people, right? If they've seen you do it a bunch of times, like I, it makes sense that they wouldn't necessarily be like, yeah, this is going to be the time. And that's a motivator for me too, because I like to prove people wrong. So I'm happy to do that. The reverse psychology. Maybe your brother does have your back. There, yeah, there you go. Maybe that's what he was thinking. Trying to look at the positive side. Yeah. Uh, you said that this was just one step in your hopes and dreams to just take better care of yourself. Yeah. What, where were you at when you made this decision? What, what, what's something that you wish you had been doing all along for yourself? So, uh, for people who, who don't know or who don't follow me, um, I advocate on behalf of sexual violence survivors. It's a big part of my life and, and my work. And as a result of that, um, you know, I get a lot of disclosures online from, from people and people needing support or needing someone to talk to. And what I found for myself was that I wasn't really succeeding at creating boundaries for myself in the sense of I would put so much energy into into the work and then also trying to help people and be there for people but I wasn't turning that back on myself and and taking care of myself and and allowing myself a moment to take a breath from from that world to take care of myself and I would smoke too much or do other things that weren't healthy for me uh, and, and really just like treating myself like garbage when I would be asking people and talking to people every day and, and telling them to, to respect themselves and to be good to themselves. And I found that, you know, I, I've been through a lot of trauma over the last couple years and from my assault on. And for me, I just, I was sort of reliving some of that through abusive behavior to myself. And that was how I was coping. And so part of the decision for me over the last few years to try to work through that and move beyond that and do this work in a healthy way for myself has been to cut out those things that I was doing that was hurting myself and that were not productive for me. And smoking was a big part of that. You know, sitting there on Twitter, talking to people, talking to survivors and chain smoking, I can do one without the other. And I can start practicing what I preach, like I said before, um, for myself and because that would make that's going to make me ultimately a better advocate a better friend a better partner all of those things on Monday I had the opportunity to speak with Claire Booth who's the author of the book The Achiever Fever Cure and the whole idea is is trying to avoid burnout, preventing us from mm -hmm. getting to that point where we feel like we're just hanging on by our fingernails on the edge yep. of a cliff because you're trying to do it all. You're trying to be the most incredible colleague and employee and mother or family member or caregiver or whatever your situation is. And one of the things people just kept saying, I, you've got to stop comparing yourself to other people, but you do. And being an achiever has never been a negative, there's never a negative connotation with looking and, and trying to achieve big things, trying to get that promotion that you've been after been working towards for years 
but you find yourself exhausted or competing. I find there's certain people that are in the industry that I know sleep like three hours a night. Yeah. And you also hear about all of the most powerful CEOs and they sleep very little and they're up at three in the morning for their workout with their personal trainer. I'm like, hey, well, that's what I got to do. Why am I trying to do this whole sleep eight hours and I'm eating full meals when eating takes up time out of the day? Yep. You kind of feel this need to keep up with all of these other people are doing. Yep. And then in the meantime, you're destroying your body. You're exhausted. You're lashing out at people because you're exhausted. Yeah. You're hungry. Yeah. Like I, I, you I, need some downtime. For me, the idea of work-life balance used to be hilarious. I had absolutely no work-life balance. I was just working all the time and my job was everything to me. And it got to the point where right before Christmas, my boss was just like, you know, you have so much vacation time. I need you to take some of it. So I had to take a month off because I just had so much time. And the idea of that at first was really terrifying to me because I didn't I didn't know how I was going to be alone with my thoughts or alone with myself or what was I going to do? Like I didn't even, you know, other than like talking about politics and the advocacy work that I do, like I don't even have a hobby. So I was like, what am I going to do with myself? And that's when I started to think about this as a big part of it is to quit smoking, but also this broader sense of taking care of myself and giving yourself permission to take care of yourself and permission to slow down and permission to to put yourself first, which was something that I've never done. This is probably the first time in my whole life that I've actively put myself first. Are you eating breakfast? Yes. <laughs> I have smoothies now for breakfast. Right? You got a juicer for Christmas. Yes. I have juice and then I also have a smoothie. I am becoming like one of those people where I'm just like, oh, this is just my beet strawberry smoothie. No big deal. And then are you going to spin class? I'm going to yoga. Okay. I've been, they have yoga like in my apartment building and I always say, oh yeah, I'm totally going to do that one day. And then I never would because again, the idea of being alone with my thoughts or doing that was just something that terrified me. And that's what yoga is all about. The meditation, the dark space. Yeah. And like, I have a hard time quieting my brain, but now I've been trying to do that. And just really, like I said, actively making decisions every single day about like, I'm going to make like good choices. I'm going to sleep for eight hours and not five. I'm going to drink water which, as it turns out, tastes good, Oilers Nation. And your body feels better. Maybe that's why your face is feeling brighter and and you're feeling younger. Yeah. Making the time for it. I I still remember the first time I ever got a personal trainer. I started training for a triathlon. And he's like, we kind of went through like (coughs) the body fat and all of the statistics and numbers. And he did all the tests. (coughs) And he's like, hey, now we have to talk about water. And I'm like, oh, I got that covered. I drink a cup a day. And he just burst out laughing, but I actually thought I was doing fine. And I didn't, I didn't really believe it when they said you're supposed to be drinking eight cups of water a day. Yep. I just, and it also seemed impossible. But then when you start carrying a water bottle around with you, it's totally, totally possible. Yes, it's not a difficult thing to to accomplish. And I was, I was actually just talking about this this morning to someone about how, like, I used to drink coffee pretty much from the minute I woke up to like probably like four or five o'clock at night, like just all coffee, no water. And now I've, you know, I've started to have water in my life and I like limit myself to one or two cups of coffee a day. And it's like, I actually feel more awake than when I was drinking that much coffee. We've only got a few minutes. Uh, Some of the things that you talked about in the the early days of quitting smoking was a bit of the emotional roller coaster you're on. What can you share with Ched Nation about about how to overcome that or some of the feelings that are going to be completely natural, but if you power through, they're going to go away, or at least you'll be able to cope a little better. Well, and 
for me, and obviously this isn't probably everybody's experience, but I think, uh, like I spoke to before, I think smoking was a way for me of like taking my feelings and putting them in a box and then putting that box really far back in my closet. So what I found from quitting smoking was that a lot of things, a lot of unprocessed stuff was coming up for me and a lot of emotions were coming up for me. And so it was about just talking those through and finding the people in your life that you can talk to and that you can work through that and like the anxiety that comes up which is another thing that I got very badly for a couple of days after quitting was like extreme physical anxiety and it was about again like having those special people in your life that are there for you and that you can talk to and even if you don't have a reason for feeling that way, that you can just express that. And that's, and so I think it's really about learning how to be more open about your feelings. For me, that's never been my strength always. And so it's been about having to be open about how I'm feeling. And even if it doesn't make any sense and just saying and calling someone saying, I'm not okay. Like, can I just talk to you for five minutes? And that's really been big for me. Okay. Let's take one last look at the app, yeah. Smoke Free app. How long have you been without a cigarette? It has been... Now, 16 days, 15 hours, and 58 minutes. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.